From Largo to Seminole. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning to you. It's our circadian Hijira from Ignorance here with Jack Harris and Katie Vicino and James Berlander. And our number, 800-969-9352. If you want to get on board here, give us a call. Well, the uh, big story locally, of course, is the Lightning at the Rangers tonight. 8 o'clock game. And then, of course, the Rangers are going to be here Saturday. And that one's a definite, regardless of what happens tonight. And then they'll play Tuesday, the final game. Game 7 in New York. So all eyes are going to be watching tonight as the Lightning try to pull ahead with that series tied at two games apiece now. And looking forward to Saturday to get them in town. Would be nice if they could win tonight and then win on Saturday and win that series here at home. That would be great. I don't know that it'll happen, but we'll look forward to it. And meanwhile, the uh, Rays beat the Cardinals 11-3, to and they play again today at 1-15. Then they have to head up to Minnesota for the weekend. Uh, meanwhile, I'm looking here um, at, well, th- this was quite a thing that happened in Waimama. A nine-and-a-half-hour standoff between SWAT agents and a murder suspect in Waimama ended yesterday. And what happened was the suspect walked by a small window in a shed and was shot by a deputy, according to Hillsborough County Sheriff Chad Cronister. Uh, SWAT, the crisis negotiation team, and the bomb disposal team were called to the scene. Uh, this is on State Road 674. This house was the 5600 block and the sheriff's office had gotten a 911 call from a man on the property just after midnight and the witness said the suspect asked him to help dispose of trash that turned out to be a dead man's body in a car and when the deputies got there they found the suspect and a woman in a shed and the suspect, 42-year-old Juan Semiento, said he had a gun, threatened to kill the woman. And he was talking about, he said, I promise I'll die here today. Uh, I'm not coming out. I'm not letting the hostage out. And it was because of the threat to blow up the building that the bomb squad had to be called out. Uh, and the sheriff said Sarmiento, who has a lengthy felony arrest record, was seen in that small window waving his gun in a threatening manner, and that's when they shot him. But uh, deputies rushed Sarmiento to the hospital, where he later died from the single gunshot. And the hostage was Sarmiento's recent new girlfriend, Uh, Authorities said, fortunately, she was unharmed, but uh, deputies said they haven't identified the body that was found wrapped in plastic inside the car, which means, of course, the investigation is ongoing. But quite a story, and good job by deputies there 
lest he would have been back in jail and Lord knows, maybe gotten out again someday. Scary how many crazy people are so close to home. Oh, I know. And crazy people who've been released from jail at one point. And you wonder, why were they released from jail? You know they're going to do something again. And true to form, he did it. It's 510. Time to check in with John Thomas in traffic. Quick takes. Ripping through the biggest news stories of the day in record time. Providing you all you need to know. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And Chris Trinkman here from the newsroom. And what's going on this morning, Chris? Good morning, Jack. Well, a bright spotlight will be on the January 6th House Committee tonight. The panel investigating last year's attack on the Capitol. A series of public hearings kicks off tonight at 8 o'clock. The committee has pledged to disclose previously unseen material, calling the Capitol assault one of the darkest days in American history. This will be televised on most of the TV networks, although notably Fox will not be airing it. But uh, it's going to be a a different look at some of the events that happened on January 6th, according to the Democrats. I hardly think it was one of the darkest days in history. I mean, it was not a good thing. Uh, And, of course, Democrats are going to try to totally blame Trump because it was the Trump people. But I just remember him making that speech before that happened and said, and he was calling on them to protest at the Congress. But he said, be peaceful and patriotic, peaceful and patriotic. And that has been ignored since then, the fact that he called for a peaceful demonstration. Obviously, it wasn't that, but hardly the darkest day in history or one of the darkest days in history. I'd like to get together with whoever said that and tell them about a few really dark days in American history. I have a feeling you're right, Jack, that the Democrats are not going to focus on that particular line from the president. Uh, They're going to talk about his line of... uh, going down there and fighting like hell i think he said before they went down there one of the other questions that they're going to look at is you know if this was a non-violent rally what were people doing with zip ties and body armor and gallows you know how many people go down to a rally with a noose you know <laughs> yeah. packed in their bag things like that so we'll we'll see how it goes you know it's going to be aired in prime time whether people watch will be the big question and whether anybody gets anything out of it yeah and a couple of local guys have been in jail as a result of that Absolutely. Hundreds of people have been charged in the riot, and, you know, those cases are still ongoing. Yeah. So the House passed a series of bills last night restricting access to guns and ammo. The Protecting Our Kids Act passed on Wednesday in a 223 to 204 vote and includes raising the minimum age to buy a semi-automatic rifle from 18 to 21. It bans large capacity magazines and tougher penalties for trafficking firearms. A lot of these issues were echoing what President Biden called for in his speech the other night, but the Senate is not talking about these issues at all. And uh, the bill that they're debating is much more narrow, uh, essentially uh, passing the buck to the states to pass things like a red flag law and uh, issues like that as opposed to a national requirement for that uh, particular issue. So it doesn't look like this is anything more than a symbolic bill, and it'll go to the Senate where, you know, it won't get passed. Yeah, it's just uh, getting ready for the midterms and saying, well, we tried to pass bills to protect Americans, and 
Republicans wouldn't let us. That's right. But fortunately, they, I mean, we're hopefully they can work out a compromise because there are some good ideas on both sides. Yeah. Well, there is the argument that this is just for, you know, the Democrats in the midterms. But there's a lot of pressure on lawmakers uh, coming from both sides to do something about yeah. the shootings in the schools. Definitely so. So after years of complaining about a bad smell, St. Pete residents may finally be getting some relief. Today, the city's installing one of five new air quality sensors in the Child's Park neighborhood. A city official says neighbors have been complaining about the smell for a decade. And if this monitor works, they will hopefully learn about the source of the smell and they'll be able to put up other sensors in other locations to track it down. Now, there is some industrial companies in that area with some pretty stinky stuff that they work with <laughs> uh, but it's never been you know completely nailed down who's at fault and and how to deal with the issue so this is one step towards uh, trying to fix it an odor detector that's kind of interesting yeah although i think people have noses so i'm not sure how many <laughs> how much this is going to help but yeah they, they will detect it so the lightning have a chance to gain control of the eastern conference finals they play the rangers tonight in new york game five Tampa Bay, of course, won the last two games at home to tie the series. Uh, that first win at home was super dramatic. You know, they got that goal at the last oh, yeah, 40 the seconds. Last yeah, few seconds. Uh, Turned the whole series around, it seems like. Uh, puck drops tonight at Madison Square Garden a little bit after 8 o'clock. But you have to think that the pressure is really on the Rangers now because, you know, they, they could have had this thing in the bag. Yeah, and lost two in a row. Absolutely. So hopefully the Bolts will go up there and uh, take care of business. They were able to do so in the previous series against Toronto, and they have the advantage of experience. You know, the two-time defending champs, they've been in tough situations before, and this is just another example of where they're going to have to show the heart of the champion. Yep, and let's hope they can pull it off tonight and be nice if they could wrap it up here on Saturday night against the uh, uh, the Rangers. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? That would have mean that would mean they would have won four in a row. Yeah, against the Rangers, which uh, that's kind of tough. Yeah, that'd be kind of wishful thinking, but you know, not out of the realm of possibility. Because I'll I'll tell you this: if they win tonight, uh, I I think the Rangers are done because you know they'll be mentally broken. Yeah, at that point, and then they would have to come back and play. Uh, here in Tampa, and there's the possibility that uh, Braden Point will be back, and that would be a huge uh, thing for oh, to get the crowd would. fired up, you know. So yeah, for sure. We will have to wait and see, though. But and I'm, you you can bet that a lot of those uh, Lightning fans will be watching the game and not the hearings on Capitol Hill. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I'll be one of them. There you go. With <laughs> the hearings. Uh, so that's the. News today on hearings and smellings. That's right. <laughs> New, hearings, smellings, and uh, lightning viewings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there you go. Chris will have more coming up here in nine minutes on AM Tampa Bay, and it's 521. Time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. Live on the free iHeartRadio app, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. 525 on AM Tampa Bay. We're getting to be uh, quite a movie place, apparently. I know uh, Paul Guzzo, who writes for the Tampa Bay Times, did a big story about uh, movies being done in St. Petersburg. Uh, several of them, as a matter of fact. And I was just reading, I've forgotten which 
TV station was carrying the story, but out of Gibsonton, um, well, according to the story, the unusual people of the old-time sideshow aren't forgotten in Gibsonton. Of course, that's quite a circus remembrance town. If you're not familiar with it, it's on the east side of uh, Tampa Bay and, or, well, east side of... Yeah, it's just below Brandon. I, I actually live right below Gibsonton. Yeah. I tried to avoid the Walmart there because there are some strange people at the Walmart. <laughs> people always call it Carney Town. Yeah, well, they had a, a showman's museum, I think. They used to. The oh, did they? Circus Museum, yeah. And it had all kinds of carnival artifacts from way back when. Um, because I remember I'd read about it and we went to check it out one time and it wasn't there anymore. But, uh, it is quite a town. And the, um, the producer of this thing, Ed McKeever of Showtown American Pictures called it a fun creature feature monster romp with a modern twist. Uh, he said there'll be people in peril and there's a werewolf on the loose that's running wild right around the area. And he said it's a family movie that'll cause shock and laughter. Uh, budget's less than $250,000. But the, um, it says the movie harkens back to the fifties when the carnival people of Gibsonton were on the main highway there. And they said people headed down Highway 41 toward Miami must have thought they were in the twilight zone, but they found lots of weird places to send their actors. Uh, one of the places was a swamp up near Wikiwachi, and that's where part of the horror classic, uh, the classic, the creature from the Black Lagoon. Have you ever seen that one? No, I have not. Never even heard of it. No. Oh, it's quite a movie. Julie Adams. I sat with her at a banquet one time. She was honored. I emceed. But anyway, uh, and it says the actors go into the water hole there, and they got a great scene. A fisherman gets killed, but it goes on and on. But this could turn out to be quite a a movie area. This could be Hollywood East. We've been pushing for that for years and years since uh, Pam Iorio was mayor. So let's bring on the movies. We are going to get Guzman sometime, right, to talk about those St. Pete movies? Paul Guzzo, yes, he's coming on tomorrow. Yeah, Guzzo. What did I call him, Guzman? Guzman. <laughs> He'll like that. That's a little nickname for him. Yeah, I'll try not to call him that on the air when we got him on. It's 529 on AM Tampa Bay. Keeping you up on what's trending. Here's the AM Tampa Bay trendsetter, Katie Bacino. And at 537, what do we have trending today, Katie? Well, there's been a Jif peanut butter recall for some time now. I've seen it in the news. Well, now it has been extended into ice cream, fudge, and chicken no. salad. Yeah. About 16 people in a dozen different states got sick. So, yeah, now the recall's been extended to other products, which are made by Jif. I actually didn't know some of these products were made by Jif. Um, Walmart and Fudge, Fudge-a-Mentals Fudge, Del, Mo- 
Del Monte brand cut fruit and vegetable products. That's a very popular brand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Re- ready to eat super Asian chicken salad. I guess it's distributed to an Amazon. I don't know. Taharka Brothers peanut butter cup ice cream. I've never even heard of that. I haven't heard of that Sounds one really either. really good, though. Peanut butter cup ice cream. Let's go get some and get sick. I mean, <laughs> at that point, it's kind of worth it, right? I I eat Jif peanut butter almost every day. Yeah, same oh. here. I have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich every night. Oh, well, <laughs> it has been recalled. You might want to check the <laughs> things. It's been recalled for like a month now. I have uh, peanut butter and jelly on toast for Ooh. lunch every day. Nice. Mm. I see today, June 9th, is National Strawberry Rhubarb Pie Day. I don't know if either of you have ever had that. I have. It's probably my favorite pie in the world. I think so. Strawberry rhubarb. Yes. Rhubarb is something that grows up north. It grew in my backyard when I lived in upstate New York, but it doesn't grow down here. I always thought it's just like like thick strawberry pie. I always thought that that's why they call it rhubarb. No, rhubarb is... <laughs> Rhubarb is like a sour celery. Oh. Yeah. It's really good, though. Um, I love rhubarb. The only place I know you can get strawberry rhubarb pie, and I'm sure there's a million places, but the only places I've ever gotten it here locally are Village Inn, and Winn-Dixie sells a strawberry rhubarb pie. I love it. Very good. I'll take just the strawberry pie. Fair enough. Or the rhubarb. That's funny that uh, rhubarb is a bad thing in sports when they have a rhubarb. I've never even heard of that in sports. Well, it's a... misunderstanding a fight it's something like that check it out there on google see how it defines a rhubarb in sports huh interesting i think it's a r-h-u-b-a-r-b i know that's how you spell the fruit i don't i don't know what's it say james it means uh i guess it's a fight or an argument in baseball yeah okay they had a rhubarb out on the field huh hmm so they're naming something bad after rhubarb. Interesting. Well, it is a pretty sour um, thing, so I don't know if it's a fruit or a vegetable. I didn't. And, and that's a sour thing that happens on the baseball field. Exactly. So I guess that's a clever little tie-in. So it works out. I want to rhubarb you. <laughs> I'm going to start straying then, saying that. You're going to think I'm crazy. I'm going to make you eat this rhubarb. Mm. <laughs> it's 5:40 on AM Tampa Bay, and. Time to check in with John Thomas in traffic. From the Moss Nissan Traffic Center, downtown Tampa, we have a road closed because of emergency repairs. It's Broreen Street westbound from Ashley to Parker. And we have an accident in Pasco, I-275 northbound, right before it joins up with I-75. This traffic report is sponsored by Blindster. Do you need new blinds or shades? Blindster.com offers custom-made blinds, shades, and shutters shipped directly to you at prices less than big box retailers. Blindster blinds are easy to install and guaranteed to fit. Don't overpay for new blinds. Shop Blindster today and save big. John Thomas, News Radio, WFLA. Free. Now, taking a look back at this day in history on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 5.43, it's today in history for June 8th. In the year 68, Nero commits suicide after quoting Virgil Aeneid, thus ending the Julio or the Julio Claudian dynasty and starting the civil war known as the year of the four emperors. 1534, Jacques Cartier is the first European to describe and map the St. Lawrence River. 1732, James Oglethorpe is granted a royal charter for the colony of the future U.S. state of Georgia. 
1772, the British schooner Gatsby is burned in Narragansett Bay in Rhode Island. 1856, 500 Mormons leave Iowa City, Iowa for the Mormon Trail, headed to Utah. 1862, in the Civil War, the American Civil War, Stonewall Jackson concludes his successful Shenandoah Valley campaign with a victory in the Battle of Port Republic. His tactics during the campaign are now studied by militaries around the world. 1863 in the Civil War, the Battle of Brandy Station in Virginia, the largest cavalry battle on American soil, ends Confederate cavalry dominance in the Eastern Theater. 1915, William Jennings Bryan resigns as Woodrow Wilson's Secretary of State over a disagreement regarding the United States' handling of the sinking of the RMS Lusitania. In 1928, Charles Kingford Smith completes the first trans-Pacific flight in a Fokker trimotor monoplane uh, to the Southern Cross. 1930, a Chicago Tribune reporter, Jake Lingle, is killed during rush hour at the Illinois Central train station by Leo Vincent Brothers, allegedly over a $100,000 gambling debt owed to Al Capone. 1944, World War II, 99 civilians are hanged from lampposts and balconies by German troops in Toul, France, in reprisal for the Marcassard's attacks. 1953, the Flint-Wooster tornado outbreak killed 94 people in Massachusetts. 1954, Joseph N. Welch, special counsel for the U.S. Army, lashes out at Senator Joseph McCarthy during the Army McCarthy hearings, giving McCarthy the famous rebuke, You've done enough. Have you no sense of decency, sir, at long last? Have you left no sense of decency? Well, I'm not that familiar with that quote, but there it was. 1959, the USS George Washington is launched, the first nuclear-powered ballistic missile submarine. 1965, in the Vietnam War, the Viet Cong commences combat with the Army of the Republic of Vietnam in the Battle of Dong Soi, one of the largest battles in the war. 1967, the Six-Day War, Israel captures the Golden Heights from Syria. 1968, U.S. President Lyndon Johnson declared a national day of mourning following the assassination of Senator Robert F. Kennedy. 1972, severe rainfall causes a dam in the Black Hills of South Dakota to burst, creating a flood that kills 238 people and causes $160 million in damages. 1973, in horse racing, Secretariat wins the U.S. Triple Crown. 
And in 1978, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints opens its priesthood to all worthy men, ending a 148-year policy of excluding black men. And that is what's happening on this day in history. We've got Rory O'Neill coming up in just a few minutes, and uh, we're going to get the word from him on those congressional hearings regarding January 6th. Um, plus, just see if there's anything to report at this point from the Ukraine. We can't let that go, and apparently that's going to continue until at least September. It is 549 on AM Tampa Bay, and Time to check in with uh, John Thomas and traffic. The latest headlines, weather, and traffic every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. Coming up on 553 on AM Tampa Bay, and we're joined now by Rory O'Neill, our NBC News Radio reporter. And, Rory, the big thing tonight is going to be congressional hearings into the January 6th events. In fact, uh, going to be a primetime show, I guess. Uh, it is. Most of the networks will be carrying it, although I think a lot in the Tampa Bay area will be watching some hockey this evening. Oh, yeah. I'm not mistaken. Uh, <laughs> I'm still recovering from being up late for the Celtics last night. But, that's, but yeah, so the big show is tonight with the January 6th committee. Uh, sort of going over the results of their investigation, really. Uh, it's going to be a two-hour primetime event. They even brought in a TV producer to help this thing sort of move along at a better pace. I don't know if you've ever watched C-SPAN during the day, but those hearings can be awfully dry, so they're trying to make this as interesting as possible. Hmm, what do they do to make it interesting? Well, it's going to be a lot... It, it won't. It's going to have structure to it, I think, and they're going to have some a lot of pre-taped elements that sort of do the timeline and show how things unfolded, both on January 6th and what led up to it, we believe. Uh, so it's going to have a lot of included videotape uh, of the interviews that they have done uh, leading up to this. You know, they subpoenaed hundreds of people. They've got tens of thousands of pages of documents, phone records, text message records, they're promising a whole lot of new information in this, but uh, you know a lot of it's already leaked out. We'll see if there's anything new. Yeah, I wonder what the uh, viewership is going to be on that. I know around here it's going to be, be it's, zilch. <laughs> right, it's going to be tough to miss though. All the networks are carrying it live except for uh, Fox News, so they're going to uh, you know have an awful lot of channels available for it. But you know, at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to change anyone's mind. Uh, I think that's the important thing out here. Uh, if if the panel is trying to convince people, you know, that uh, the President Trump is to blame for what happened that day, they're not going to be watching anyway. So, I, you know, it, it may just be a waste of time. Yeah, it's going to be a very, very political thing. Uh, the... Absolutely. It's uh, seven Democrats, and the only two Republicans on the panel are anti-Trump Republicans, uh, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. You know, normally when you have a congressional hearing, they all, during questions, they'll alternate from party to party. So a Democrat gets questions, then a Republican, then a Democrat again, and back and forth. But this is just going to be, it may all be sounding the same uh, back and forth throughout this hearing. 
And so this is the, this two-hour hearing tonight. There's another public hearing of this committee on Monday morning. They want about a half dozen more of these hearings just this month, maybe one more in September, of course, just as the midterms arrive. And if, as most people predict, the Republicans take back the House, uh, we're not going to hear much more from this committee again. No, that's very true. One thing uh, quickly before we have to leave here, what's the latest from the Ukraine? Uh, that fighting continues around Sierodonetsk. Uh, they're actually having, uh, down in Mariupol, they're recovering more and more bodies. They say they find between 50 and 100 bodies in each flattened-out apartment complex. Uh, and now they're, they're concerned that all these decomposing remains are causing other illnesses like cholera, so uh, a real crisis continues to unfold there in Mariupol. Meanwhile, negotiations continue to try to find some way to get some of the wheat uh, and corn exported out of Ukraine in order to feed a good part of the world. Uh, there are, those talks are ongoing. Well, we'll have to see how that ultimately works out. Rory O'Neill, our NBC News radio reporter on Twitter, at Radio Rory, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Jack. All right, you got it. It's 5.57 on AM Tampa Bay. Security. From Palm Harbor to Valrico, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. Where Tampa Bay begins their morning. It's AM Tampa Bay, pollulating with information and entertainment on a Thursday morning. The penultimate day of the work week with Jack Harris and Katie Buccino and James Berlander. And our number is 800-969-9352 if you would like to join us. Give us a call. First of all, we've got some birthdays here. Ray Lopez, uh, Amy DeVero, Brody Tampa, who is a radio guy, used to be down the hall, I think. He's right down the hallway, actually. Oh, he is now? Yeah. Well, I feel bad. I just texted him this morning at like <laughs> 5.30, but I was asking him a question about work. I didn't even say happy birthday. <laughs> Shame. I was well, probably one of the first people to text him, too. He was like, oh, how nice. Katie remembered my birthday, and I was like, hey, can you send me an email? <laughs> Sorry, Brody. Well, happy birthday, Brody, and uh, Chris Griffin. So happy birthday to all of those. From Family Chris- Guy? Huh? From Family Guy? <laughs> Uh, the I character don't... on Family Guy. Oh, no, that wouldn't be this Chris. Maybe Griffin. it's a fake Facebook. This is a different one. <laughs> so Chris, Brody, Amy, and Ray, happy birthday. And what birthdays do you all have? Well, I have Brenda Spinner, and that is my only birthday today. And I've got Jennifer Bardum, Julia Gulia, and also Brody. Julia Gulia. Julia Gulia. I like that name. Her parents probably, uh, you know, had the last name Gulia and just said, ah, we're going to name you Julia. Julia Gulia. So you get made it. fun of a lot or something. A very good name. Um, and it's coming up on eight minutes after six, and we got a few bad jokes here. I think we need Dave Lagaretta in here to laugh at <laughs> Make them better. Two jumper cables walk into a bar, and one of them said, we want a couple of beers, please. And the bartender says, okay, but don't start anything. <laughs> oh, there's Dave. There he is. Uh, a guy walks into a bar and asks for fruit punch. And the bartender says, sure, just get in line. 
And the guy looks over and gets confused because there's no punchline. A cornstalk walks into a bar, and the bartender says, want to hear a joke? And the cornstalk replies, yeah, I'm all ears. (laughs) (laughs) A new lawyer walks into a diner, and where's the bar, she asks. And the waiter responds, well, you passed it on the way here. (laughs) Bar exam. (laughs) A bar. And a beaver walks into a bar, and the bartender says, close the damn door. A beaver dam. Those are bad enough. Let me see. I got, wait, I got one more. I think this has been Ritter stuff. Why is England known for being such a wet country? The queen has been reigning there for generations. Ah. <laughs> What do you call a boomerang that doesn't come back? Uh, let's see. A boomerang that doesn't come back. A stick. A stick. <laughs> That's pretty good. Stupid. That's as good as mine. If you've got better jokes, please call us or send them to us. Where do fish sleep? Uh, let's see. Where do fish sleep? In the riverbed. Oh, the riverbed. Yes, indeed. And another one? Uh, where does the sheep get his hair cut? Let's see. At the at sheep get his... The Baba shop. Oh, the Baba shop. <laughs> <laughs> Not a very good bar. Uh, yours are worse than mine. <laughs> I know. How do you row a canoe filled with puppies? How do you what? How do you row, row a, canoe a canoe filled, filled with, with puppies? puppies. Let's see, dog dog paddle? Yep. Oh, doggy paddle. (laughs) Ah, good. It's 10 after 6 on AM Tampa Bay, and time to check in with John Thomas in traffic. Throwing it back with Jack on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And this one goes back to the uh, early 70s. Uh, I used to be the host or the MC, whatever you want to call it, on the old Jerry Lewis telethons um, for MDA, the Muscular Dystrophy Association. They used to run once a year, and it was a full weekend long. And I think I did it for three or four years. And at one point, it moved to Channel 10. But for the first few years, it was on what was then WTOG Channel 44, an independent station. And at some point, uh, Jerry Lewis, who was running the MDA telethon, had put it all together, uh, brought the MCs and hosts from all over the country together at Las Vegas in one of the hotels there in Las Vegas for a weekend. And so we ended up, I got to spend about two hours in a room with Jerry Lewis. Do you all know who Jerry Lewis is, by the way? I do, yes. How about you, James? I've heard the name, not too familiar. Yeah, they were really big back in the, 
all the 50s and 60s, 70s, late 50s. Uh, Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. Martin okay. and Lewis. Comedy team. I've heard of the Rat Pack back in the day. but you know. Well, now that was Frank Sinatra <laughs> and a bunch of other guys. But this was a comedy team. Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. And um, anyway, Jerry Lewis went on to do this telethon uh, on an annual basis. And it ran Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, but nevertheless, it was really fascinating to be there. There were about 30 people around this big table uh, at this Vegas hotel. And Jerry Lewis was one of them. Uh, Dick Clark, if you've heard of him, he was one because he emceed the national one. And Pat Weaver was there who was the guy that started, um, I think he started the Today Show on NBC and then the Tonight Show on NBC. Not a performer, but a producer. And he was very proud. He had brought his young daughter in there, and he was proud and boasting the fact that she was going to become an actress, that she had been giving an act, given an acting job, and her name was... Sigourney Weaver. Have you all ever heard of Sigourney Weaver? Um, I think I have in a Finding Nemo movie. Yeah, she's a great actress. Yeah, she was pretty good. But anyway, that's my throwback Thursday here for today. I didn't even know, honestly, she was a real person. She's. I just remember them saying her name in Finding Nemo. <laughs> yeah, I remember, you know, we. I when... He introduced her as Sigourney. I thought, that's a funny name, Sigourney. It's hard to spell. Try to spell it, Jack. S-I-G-O-R-N-E-Y. Oh, you've got it right in front of you. I used to have a friend named Sigourney when I lived in upstate New York. Yep. And I always thought that's such a unique name. And I remember when I watched the second Finding Nemo, I don't mean to keep talking about that, but that was the second time I had ever heard that name. And I was like, wow, other people do have that name. Because I always thought it was such a unique name. I had never heard it before. Well, Sigourney of a gun. Yeah, she's known for like the movies like Alien, The Year of Living Dangerously. Yeah, Alien. That was a big one. What was the other? Ghostbusters. Yeah. Also, uh, The Ice Storm, uh, Galaxy Quest. Also, Wally back in 2008, Av- Avatar. And the one I saw with her is The Cabin in the Woods. Really scary movie. Ooh, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen many of those, but... Uh, I haven't seen Alien. I think I saw Alien, or at least part of it. Yeah. Huh. Well, anyway, that's the throwback, the old Jerry Lewis telethon days. And Jerry no longer around, and of course... Uh, Martin and Lewis comedies no longer around. Both of them gone. Did get to see uh, Dean Martin in Vegas. He was performing in Vegas. Oh, very nice. This is many, many years ago, but at least I got to see him one time. Dino Crescetti from Steubenville, Ohio. It's 20 minutes after 6 on AM Tampa Bay. And time to check in now with John Thomas and traffic. Jack, Katie, and James, every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 624, and Noam Layden, our NBC News radio reporter, joins us right now. 
And now I'm talking a little politics here. Uh, new polls show that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is building a lot of momentum along uh, among conservatives all across the uh, country. And the question is, is his support big enough to um, swing Republican voters away from former President Trump, or does he desire to do that? Well, that's a great question, Jack. So we don't know the answer to that. I mean, you know him, of course, in Florida better than the rest of the nation. Um, as, and uh, But he's he's been involved in a whole bunch of legislation that has caught conservatives' attention across the country. So there was a, um, a summit of um, about 2,000 party activists in Denver a few weeks back. Um, he won a straw poll there very easily. Uh, a new poll out um, in Nevada shows that uh, he's number one over Donald Trump. And so, um, you know, there's, there's this building feeling and momentum that um, maybe Ron DeSantis is the person that should be um, the top of the GOP uh, mantle uh, when uh, you know primary time comes around. That maybe people are starting to get behind him instead of Donald Trump. Of course, there's some talk that Donald Trump would pick him as his vice presidential candidate, and that uh, Ron DeSantis would be happy to wait until uh, 2028, since he's such a young guy in his 40s. Yeah, well, he's 41 years old, so he's absolutely a young guy. That might be part of the appeal, right? Uh, you know, conservatives have been drawn to his fights with big business. Um, you know, uh, as you know, uh, with COVID-19 restrictions, um, uh, the education-related issues like critical race theory, um, the classroom instruction regarding gender and sexual orientation, all that stuff has made him huge across the nation. And there is some thought that he's kind of Donald Trump politically, but he's not Donald Trump. And that is appealing to people who are worried that um, Donald Trump can't win again. Hey, one other thing here. Um, the As the uh, Supreme Court's about to release the abortion ruling, which we know which way that's going to go, uh, wiping out Roe v. Wade, but an armed man arrested outside the home of Justice Brett Kavanaugh and um, this guy from California had come all the way to Maryland to uh, kill Brett Kavanaugh. That's well, that's right, Jack. This is really frightening stuff. 26-year-old Nicholas Roski, he shows up outside Brett Kavanaugh's home in Chevy Chase, Maryland. Uh, he's dressed in black clothing, carrying a backpack, has a suitcase, uh, gets out of a cab in front of the home now, uh, Kavanaugh has two U.S. Marshals in front of his home, as do all the Supreme Court justices. So uh, Roski starts walking down the street, and here's where it get biz- gets bizarre. He calls 911, and he tells them of his plan, that he has suicidal thoughts, he has a firearm, and his plan is to kill Justice Kavanaugh and then kill himself. Now, while he's on the phone, police catch up with him. They uh, arrest him. They take him to the ground. They open up the suitcase and backpack that he's carrying with him. They find uh, everything to carry out the crime that he wanted to do. There's a, a tactical police vest, pepper spray, zip ties, and most importantly, he had a Glock 17 pistol with two magazines and ammunition. Boy, that is scary when you think about it, but... Noam Layden, our NBC News radio reporter, will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks, Jack. And it is 628 on AM Tampa Bay. 
Let's hear about the dopiest dope of all the dopes of the day. On AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And Katie Pacino with our dope of the day. And who's it going to be, Katie? Well, I don't have a name for him because the Los Angeles Police Department is still actually looking for him. So they're looking for a masked man who pulled a handgun and aimed it at a sales associate in a sex shop. So he originally had ordered to give them all the money, but then the man walked over to the display case, grabbed one of the toys on the wall, the adult toys, and took off with no money. Um, so he's now wanted for armed robbery of a sex toy. They described the man <laughs> as six feet tall, at least. He's about 175 pounds and between 40 and 50 years old. Like, what an embarrassing thing to go to jail for. If he gets Lord, caught. stealing a sex toy. Did you need it that badly? If so, I'm concerned for him. I uh, wonder what kind it was. I don't know. We could take guesses. I'd uh, love to see a no. picture of that. I'm good. I'm not that familiar with sex toys. I, I would hope not, Jack. I guess that's what being married will do for you. I, well, depends who you're married to, I suppose. <laughs> I am saving my sarcasm on this one. <laughs> Oh, boy, that's our dope of the day. Do you have any dopes, Jack? Uh, I'm just looking here. I'm sure I can find a dope somewhere. I mean, we know there's dopes in Washington. That's every day, though. Well, here's one. Uh, Hunter Biden's prostitute, uh, who is featured on his notorious what they call laptop from hell, Got a check for over $20,000 in taxpayer money Wow! just after the president was sworn into office. A Las Vegas call girl, Cheryl DeBovis, uh, hit the jackpot here after the Bidens moved into the White House when she was handed $20,207 courtesy of the American taxpayers. She got them for female-owned sole proprietorship. Wow. And the money was given to her under the the uh, Coronavirus Paycheck Protection Program bailout. And she listed the funding as saving one job in the field of independent artists, writers, and performers. But unless she had changed professions after Biden's son abandoned his laptop, uh, well, writing and performing work was hardly worthy of taxpayer subsidies. This is kind of interesting. Um, and I don't know if anybody is going to continue to investigate this or not. But a lot of other stuff related to this thing. I was going to say at $20,207, you know, he ought to come here and we could take him up on Northdale Mabry and Find something one heck of a lot cheaper for him. Oh, boy. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. Well, anyway, it's 640 on AM Tampa Bay. Jay Ratliff coming up here with uh, our day trading expert. And right now we check in with John Thomas and traffic. Monitoring every tick of the market. Here's Jay Ratliff, day trading expert on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. It's 644, and Jay Ratliff on board here now. And, Jay, one of the things, um, of course, we're talking about the possibility of a recession coming up this year. Um, But what about the Fed decisions? Is that going to impact it? 
Well, it, the, the biggest concern probably, Jack, of them all is the Fed trimming some of their balance sheets, selling off some of their assets, and then uh, triggering the ongoing interest rate hikes. And there's many people on Wall Street who think that the economy is not strong enough uh, for those types of actions right now to take place. And in the past, we have to go back quite a, quite a bit, there have been times when the Fed did a little bit too much on the interest rate side of things to stay ahead of inflation, only to find out it, it helped to trigger a recession. And the fear is, okay, if, if some of the signs are pointing the Fed to the fact that the economy is, is strengthening, uh, as the latest jobs numbers report that came out uh, for the month of May would indicate, well, then uh, if they stay on track, they may decide to go ahead and, and continue with those interest rate hikes that, that we'll see June, July, and probably September. So if that's the case, there's people thinking the economy's not strong enough for that yet, and there's real concerns. And, of course, the more people worry about anything as far as a recession, consumers, companies, and uh, investors, you can kind of push things in that direction uh, by how you position your, your portfolio. So it's going to be interesting to see as we move forward, and certainly the Fed is in a, an enviable position of trying to walk that tightrope, making sure they do what they can to stay ahead of inflation but not causing anything that uh, could push the economy into recession. And what about investors? How is that going to impact investors? You know, when when we come into a recession and things start to slow down, there's always the issue of how long is it going to last? Is this going to be a three, six, eight-month thing? Is it going to be a two- or three-year thing? And, and that's one of the things that fuels a lot of panic for people on Wall Street that don't really stick with their long-range plan. And, and you and I have talked about for, for many, many, many years about how if you have a long-range plan with the stock market, you're not going to be retiring anytime soon, and you have these normal monthly contributions going in, you continue to do that. It's, and if stocks drop and you hear people panicking on TV, radio, whatever it might happen to be, just recognize that you're buying stocks at a discount. The, the further down things go, your normal contributions are going to pay off as the market recovers, which it has done historically every single time. We just don't know how much. The key is if you've got some money on the sidelines and you can prepare for any sort of a stock market correction. On my website, Day Trade Fund, I put in the success blog uh, ways that you can prepare for a recession by going through and having uh, stocks picked out, know what you're going to get, and then uh, when the stocks get to those specific points, execute your plan instead of second-guessing it. Uh, really, it's all about preparation right now, Jack. And for people that have been through this or have learned from the past ones, they recognize that uh, you know there could be a buying opportunity coming up, and they don't fear it as much as other people who allow the emotion of the moment to make them think that it's going to be something that's going to go on and on and on, and uh, the market's never going to recover from it. Historically, that's never happened. I certainly don't expect that's going to be the case this time either. One thing here that's um, kind of scary the fact that gas prices diesel prices are going up so high now and of course that impacts truck drivers all across the country and the expenses that cost them to do transport of food or whatever it might be no when you recognize the the men and women that drive those trucks are, are the ones that keep everything rolling through our uh, economy as far as having things on the shelves and a lot of the things that we just take for granted they're about as essential of an employee as you can get when you're talking about everything 
needing to be where it's at. And we've seen shortages of things through the pandemic that really underscores just what a job they do. And anytime you have a situation where it makes it more difficult for a lot of these small business owners, which is what a lot of them are, to conduct their business, it's going to impact the economy as well. So that's one of the other sad after uh, effects of, of rising fuel costs is how it's really hurting these small businesses as far as the men and women that drive the trucks. And it's not only them, but it's so many others. And again, it comes right back to an administration that is ignorant or just really, uh, they just, they're deaf when it comes to listening to the, the pleas of small business owners that are asking for some relief. And unfortunately, they're not getting it. And as long as we are energy dependent, uh, we're going to have issues where we are completely at the whim of the market conditions or other countries when it comes to what we're paying for gas. And when you see record high prices in Florida and other places around the country, you just shake your head and you think, how much more can it go? And, and sadly, the situation can get far worse before it starts to get better. And uh, it just makes us long for the time when President Trump was in office and we achieved for that short period of time uh, energy dependence where we were not dependent on other countries and we were producing what we needed. Uh, sadly, that emphasis is, is no longer there as the Democrats uh, aren't interested at all in us being able to take care of ourselves from an energy standpoint. Yeah, and it's going to be driving the price of everything up, up, up. Mm -hmm. Which means later this year, and Jack, certainly as we roll into next year, that's kind of the recessionary recessionary calendar people are looking at. Uh, People are saying, well, Jay, it's not here yet, no, but our fear is it's going to be late this year, early next year. And if that is, in fact, the case, it's just it's going to be something that, for a lot of people, they've never gone through before. And that means it's going to be very stressful if you're not prepared for it, which is one of the reasons you and I spend time talking about it, so that we don't have people getting overly stressed as we move into what could be our next recession. Well, Jay, we will talk to you next week. And if you're going to do any investing, you want to go first to daytradefund.com. And thanks for being on board here this morning. Jack, as always, my pleasure, sir. Thank you. It's 6.51. Time to check in now with John Thomas and traffic. Live from the WFLA studios, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. Hey, we forgot to uh, tell you about our blog here, amchampabay.com. The police officer in New York City arguing with a plant on the sidewalk i still haven't checked that out you got to see it jack i do have to check it out today and how not to clean your garage i've seen that one but a lot of good stuff on here and you want to go to amchampabay.com meanwhile tomorrow morning i hope we'll be talking about a victory by the bolts tonight as they take on the rangers up in new york um and of course that would give them a chance to end it here uh saturday night let's hope that's the case fewer games is better (laughs) one fewer would be good um and it's easier to win at home yeah so you get it done at home don't for uh you know game seven have to go to the garden nope win it win the next yeah just win up there and then come down here and take the trophy. That's the plan. Well, no, tr- well, yeah. Bring Lord Stanley to Tampa. 
Go yeah, go back, and then that seven game series with the Avalanche, uh, mm. the Colorado would have home ice advantage there. So ah, we just never get advantage. Not this year <laughs> at all. What do you all have coming up? We're going to talk to the editor in chief of Investopedia and find out uh, what's going on with inflation. How long this is going to stick around and stay this high and. Prices are just through the roof, and now there's this uh, shrinkflation. We're not even getting as much as we normally get when we buy products. The whole thing's a mess. We'll talk about that. It's going to be a very uplifting show. Yeah. And we'll see you tomorrow morning at 5 on AM Champa Bay. Live it up.